Hello and welcome to today's edition of Chapter by Chapter for Dune. I am your host, Will Cowan. With me is my good friend and co-host, Steve. Everyone, hello. Hello, everyone. Steve? Yeah. Steve? Will? This one's, uh, it's all been building to this one, boy. Will? It's been, it's all been building to this one. Steve? It's been building, Steve? I guess. Um, you mentioned yesterday when we were comparing, or not yesterday, I suppose, uh, Last episode, you mentioned uh, when we were comparing the comparing the trailer for the movie, and there was the invasion scene, and uh, I mean that's where that's where we're at. That's where we're happy. That's what's happening. And uh, yeah. in this yeah. chapter, oh boy, we get the big, oh, we get the big, we get the big boy himself. You get the big boy himself, and it's gross. So, all right, what is uh, what is the chapter title that you have for us today? Do you have one? Yes, today's chapter title is No Dinner for Yui. So maybe we'll find out more about that today. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yes, I do know, actually, and the answer is yes. The only thing he's going to eat around here is uh, poison teeth, I guess, although he's (laughs) not. So anyways, the Baron comes walking in, flings the door open like Kramer. You're you're going too far. You got a chapter introduction to read there, sunny boy. <laughs> yeah, fucking cut all this shit out, anyways. All right, it's it's Monday. It's Monday. I'm willing to forgive. There is a legend that the instant the Duke Leto Atreides died, a meteor streaked across the skies above his ancestral palace on Caladan. From introduction to a child's history of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. And yeah, yeah, the Baron comes in with Kramer music. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a a meteor going across. It's like Game of Thrones. I think that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we got a lawsuit. <laughs> we got a very strong a case for us guys. Uh. Yeah, so right from that tra- uh, from that chapter introduction, it's not looking good for Duke Leto. He is not making it out of this one. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, yeah. This is uh. Well, you know, we really find out the uh, we really put that tooth, we really put that tooth to the test here. Yeah, yeah. Well, here this is this is a. Gr- there's a couple things I want to mention before we get into the actual Leto scene. Everybody knows what happens. But the beginning part here is such a great... The beginning part and the end part of this chapter. So we open up with uh, Baron Harkonnen looking over the... Ba- like, basically the battlefield of what's going on. There's artillery fire. It's straight up invasion time. And he's just kind of like enjoying his spoils he's a little regretful before the fact that he has to kill so many strong fighting men from the atreides side because he you know it's a it's just a waste and if there's anything that dune is about it's about finances taxes and trying to save as much money as possible also you know but the stoicness or like maybe that's not that's not the right word but how proud and strong the Baron seems at the beginning of this chapter is juxtaposed by how kind of weak he seems at the end of the chapter. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say because he definitely does not seem strong by the end of the chapter. 
yeah, I'm just gonna jump around. I I think there's no real point kind of keeping her keeping it to chronological order. But after the scene with Leto, uh, Sardaukar show up and start questioning the Baron, and the Baron almost like he's not folding against the Sardaukar guy, but because he represents the Emperor, he's automatically put into this servitude position against him, and. You kind of see, like, I, I know I've been talking mad shit about the Baron in past chapters and how brilliant he is, but he is kind of a coward. I think he's an point. idiot. I think he's a fuck. I think he's a piece <laughs> of shit. And he's an idiot. Uh, yep. No, I, really, because like, I, he has these plans and things have worked out, but it's not really much of a plan. All the plan was was get Yui to betray, find a traitor. They found one. Mm. I mean, there's more plan. I guess I, there's more plan, but I yeah, I feel I feel like there's there is definitely a lot more forty chess, and we've talked about this before, like the smoke screens that maybe the Baron didn't throw up himself, but the opportunity for the for the Atreides to overthink themselves and get them too busy dealing with the shit that they're dealing with internally to worry about an outside invasion, and that plan seems to go off without a hitch. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, and that's not an easy, not an easy thing to do. But it uh, it comes down to the fact that it comes down to the fact that Yui did his job, but Yui at the same time. Here's the thing about Yui in this chapter. He it, he gets no redemption, none whatsoever. Well, be, you know, like his redemption, I suppose, is getting. Paul and Jessica on the ortho- orthopedic helicopter <laughs> and getting yeah. the pill into Leto's mouth, I guess. Yeah, the tooth. Like, I guess that is essentially his, his redemption because prior to that, <clears throat> sorry, prior to that, the whole book, I mean, we're just told that he's going to betray them over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. so much so that immediately, we have no time to even think that he's cool. No. Because we're immediately like, he's a betrayer. Yeah, yeah. And even when he's trying to, in those earlier chapters, trying to, like, show, or even show to himself that he does care about the Atreides, we're just bombarded with messages. And and not just, like, the fact that we know that Yui's a traitor from chapter two forward, but also the fact that from Gaius Helamahayam's conversation with Paul, knowing that the Duke is going to die. No matter what Yui does throughout this first part of the book, there's no way that we can like him because we know what's going to happen. And it's so weird to write a book like this, like to set up everything, you know, what's going to happen right at the very beginning, essentially. And then just like slow, really, really slow burn it over time. You know, you know, it's going to happen, but it just is like you just watch all the cogs fall into place and then they're just like blindsided. Yeah, it slowly all came together and then just boom. Everyone's dead. You know, it's 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 definitely not a way to write a book traditionally. I wonder what like. I'm sure there's probably answers out there, but I haven't looked it up. I wonder what like classic uh classic writers like i don't know jr token or charles dickens or um 
I, I don't know, maybe even Homer uh, would look at this, would look at this storytelling, the structure for this story, and would they agree with it, or would you, or would they be going like, you're giving away half the plot right at the beginning? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Sorry, I. You're eating chicken. Sorry, I ate a piece of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's just interesting. So anyways, so yeah, we have that little scene at the beginning with uh, the bearing looking over and then we have Yui and Piter come in. Yui demands uh, for his wife to come, uh, demands for his wife and because Yui's this is what it was all for. side of the bargain. This was all for, but like, he is sitting there defeated as when- a defeated man who's betrayed essentially his family for his real mm-hmm. family. All he wants to see mm-hmm. is his wife. That's all he wants. But as he's as he's like asking the Baron, he realizes that the Baron, like just by the way the Baron moves and everything like that, he's just like, oh, Wanna. By the dead. way the Baron jostles. Wana- yeah, the way <laughs> the slow he's like, shuffle. He's like, oh wow, the way you move your shoulders. My wife's dead. She's oh, <laughs> definitely dead. Oh fuck. <laughs> Oh man, uh. <laughs> he's walking with a hop and his and a skip in his step. Oh man, she's so dead, and it's like it's like two more lines after he realizes this, and then uh, Baron has Piter stab him in the back, and this is the thing right here that really fucks over, really fucks over Yui in this chapter, and kind of ruins his whole redemption arc for himself. Is when he's dying and he's like gasping for his last breath he like mutters a bunch of words going to saying to baron harkonnen um you think you've defeated me i you don't know what i bought with Juana's death or something like that you know and that sticks with the baron to kind of like be way more suspicious about the situation right here and we see it in the in the chapter especially when Leto finally bites down on that tooth and expels the gas. Uh, that was just enough of a warning for the Baron Harkonnen to get the fuck out of the situation and, and save himself. <clears throat> yeah, so Yui fucked himself over. He fucked the whole plan over. Killed himself. Got himself killed. Got Leto killed. Yeah. And the Baron... Baron got out of there. And the Baron's, Baron's still alive. He got Piter. Piter, though. Which is... Uh, you know. Which kind of sucks. I don't but, know. I kind of uh, like, like Piter. He was kind of like a like a fun little like goblin. He's a, uh, yeah, I he is. Of him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's definitely like a fun little goblin guy. Um, I want to talk about the 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 interrogation or the 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 questioning of the Duke Leto. I don't even know what the what to call that scene, but it's a very intense scene. Like they bring Leto in. He's drugged as fuck. I mean, it's an interrogation. They're trying to find, because they're trying to find out where Paul and Jessica have gone. Exactly. Yeah. It's just revealed in this chapter that the Baron did, like, at the very beginning, he did not know that Jessica and Paul got away, but Piter reveals to him that, yeah, we don't know where they are. And, you know, Baron is pissed and he starts, like, questioning Leto, like, where are they? Very much like a Batman Joker situation. But except. Where are they? Um, but the Leto, but Duke Leto is completely like fucked up. Like he, he can't answer any of these questions. 
Uh, well, which he's, he's, really, he was drugged. Yeah. Uh, what's really interesting about this this part here is that there's a lot of things that I remember from the documentary Hodorowsky's Dune and from the the Dune David Lynch movie from 1984 or whatever. So during this conversation, uh, they're like they're taunting Duke Leto, saying like, "Oh, we're gonna torture you. Uh, we're gonna put like scalding tallow on your skin." And uh, Piter is like, "Oh, those exquisite white blisters." And that got that got me thinking about the the blisters and like the the pus filled like ugliness of the Baron in uh, the Dune. 1984 David Lynch movie because he looks fucked up in that movie. He's got like blisters and pus coming out of him. He's constantly sweaty. And he says a line. He just said he refers to the blisters that Piter is about to burn onto Leto as like exquisite. So I wonder if that was David Lynch's like cue is like, we're going to do that. We're going to take those and we're going to make the Baron all covered in pus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. We're going to pus him up. We're going to puss him up. We need more puss. <laughs> I would love to be a David fly Lynch on the wall during David the Lynch, 1984 everyone. movie. Wait, whoa. He's just <laughs> in and out. Um, there's another great thing that I watched from the Hodorowsky's Dune documentary. And his vision for this scene was fucked up. Like, it was fucked up. Really, really, really cool but really fucked up. So instead of simply just like talking to the Duke, like the Baron does the Baron in the Hodorowsky's Dune adaptation, what was planned is that he was going to like fucking cut off arms and stuff from like, he was going to have Leto chain. Yeah. Leto's arms. He was going to have them chained up to the wall and start like whittling away at him, taking off fingers, taking off arms, Cutting wow. off legs. It was like... That goes against Jesus, the whole thing that... of the Shar- Sadagar saying that the Emperor wants a quick death. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that was Hodorowsky's vision. Hodorowsky was like... Oh, yeah. Out there, man. Too much spice. Out there. Way too much spice. Um, And I always thought that was kind of a cool idea. I don't know if I'd um put it in my own adaptation of Dune, but like... Have you have you watched Hodorowsky's Dune, the documentary? No. I don't. Uh, no, let's let's go with no. You, uh, you really should. What they do really, what they do so great about it is they take so much of the so many storyboards. There's only two books in the world where they took all the storyboards that they had for the movie, and uh, they animated a fuck ton of them. So you see, kind of a bit of a an animated movie of what Hodorowsky's Dune would have been. So, but it does and, follow, because I've always wanted to watch it, but just because I hadn't read Dune or didn't know Dune, it was one of those things. It's like, oh yeah, I'll watch it once I read Dune. But, uh, yeah. does it kind of, like it, it does kind of follow, like it follows the story of Dune kind of. Yeah. It follows, it follows the story of Dune pretty closely. Um, but that comes with like a big old asterisk on it and just like, but with a whole fuck ton of LSD on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just drizzle. It is, it is, it's, it is crazy, his vision. And I think it's definitely worth watching. I really hope that they do, 
a animated version of Hodorowski's Dune because his idea was going to be a 10 hour movie um, like way out there. He was going to change the ending into this crazy, like really bizarre. We are all one sort of ending that was you got to see it to believe it. And I I probably suggest reading the the rest of Dune before you even before even you see the documentary because just so you can see like what his plan was and just it is. Yeah, I want to know. I got to finish Dune <clears throat> before yeah. I watch Dune Araski. Exactly. So yeah, uh, this is where <clears throat> right before Leto bites into that tooth, he has a little flashback or like just visions. You know, because he's about to die and he's just thinking about his life and, uh, you know, like watching his son grow up. And it's kind of it's actually really sad, like this little moment. Well, and he also realizes for sure that he's dead. And I think that's what triggers these thoughts. Yeah, there's no coming out of this for sure. Um, I wonder how they're going to play this scene off in the movie, because I think this this scene is definitely going to happen in the first movie. Oh yeah, but I don't. I don't know where they're gonna place it. Like maybe this is like a halfway point for the movie, or maybe this is like a like a climactic part of the movie. I hope it's not climactic because there's a lot of conversation just to get up to this point. You know, it might be like twenty minutes in. Yeah, you think they're just gonna go like just dive right in and just like this is this is happening at the twenty twenty five thirty five minute mark well they can move through a lot of that talking and stuff that happens leading up to that probably pretty quick on screen yeah and probably not miss a beat yeah and probably not miss a beat because a lot of a lot of this here's the thing about dune it's like i think i've said it before i said it on the sci-fi punks podcast or uh nathan said on the sci-fi punks podcast um dune is such a novel you know like Everything is it's switching perspective of characters in like between paragraphs. Everything is so inner monologue. Everybody has their own thoughts on a situation. Like you get so many different views on one thing that's happening. And it's really hard to do that. Actually, strike that. It's probably really easy to do that and show that on film than to write it out in a book. In in a book, it takes like seven pages to write that out. But in a film probably takes like 10 seconds to show it exactly yeah a lot of those scenes especially those like the meeting of the dads and all those training montages yeah. and stuff like those those are like bam 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 those are just a couple yeah. scenes and how and how many like lines are they gonna like revamp so it doesn't sound so out there you know just for the sake of like for the audience to understand yeah, like a lot of those some. conversations it's gonna be like it's just gonna be gurney or josh brolin kicking the door down going let's fight yeah swinging swords around <laughs> swinging two swords around at the same time um so yeah leto bites into the tooth he passes away he kills piter he kills a couple guards in the area uh baron's able to get away because his suspensors make him very light and he's able to kind of like r- <laughs> bounce his way out of there float run bounce his way out of there <laughs> But he's a keep in mind giant man. He's a giant. He's a giant dude. God, I really hope they don't make him bounce in the new movie. Or well, fly. in the trailer, he doesn't look. There's a picture where he's coming out of the water, looking all gross, or that scene. But uh, yeah, he doesn't look that big. I think like 
there's only so big you can get. I don't think he's going to be like huge, huge in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he'll be like it'll be realistic. I think we're going to see him walk. I think we're going to like I yeah, I think we're going to see him walk. If he if they have him like floating around like <laughs> like a fucking like <laughs> who's the who's the girl from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that t- turns into a giant blueberry? Ruka Salt. Yeah. That's your name. Yeah. <laughs> if they have that happening, I'm out. Yeah, that sucks. Right, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> uh he runs out of the room and that's where we get into the scene with the the starter car and we have that really weird like you said like just like this weak sort of conversation that he has with the solder car guy and just shows his true colors here yeah the solder car guy like representing the emperor and being like listen here's the deal i'm here from the emperor we gotta make sure he wants to make sure that Leto does has a peaceful death, quick, painless. Uh, yep, yeah, and this year yeah. I got to take a couple pictures and you know send them over, text them over to him quick. And the Baron just fumbles his words a lot, and he's like, "Well, fuck, ah, uh, he's dead." I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's dead already. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. I don't know. And he killed himself. Yeah, he killed himself. I don't know. I didn't kill him. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's all it's a whole mess, but even still at that point, Sardi Sardi Cardi is like, uh, hey, even still, I need Sardi. I gotta text it. <laughs> yeah, call it I in. still gotta get that pick, yo. Um, the chapter more or less wraps up with uh, the the Baron reflecting. So he was gonna give, uh, he was gonna give Arrakis to Piter as a replacement for the his Jessica gift. Uh, but Piter's no more, so he's like, "God damn it! Of course it would be so Piter to die before I was done using him." Yeah, now and I really, gotta put he wanted in my somebody other... to run it for him. He didn't want to actually give it to someone. Absolutely not. It's a fucking hellscape. No, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're dealing with a a population that hates you, who are much stronger and much much like way smarter than you. You have sandworms everywhere eating everything. Oh, yeah. It costs a fortune just to run the fucking place. Yeah, and of course also he doesn't just sand. Regular sand everywhere. Just sand. Sand, it's awful. Oh, we uh one thing that we forgot to uh forgot to mention is that uh the duke's pl- uh operation, it's mentioned like, I don't know, four or five chapters ago. Um the duke's operation to send a an attack team to Gidi Prime, the Harkonnen homeworld, uh, was a success, and they blew away all their spice reserves. So the Baron, like, Dang. although the, he won Arrakis, Dang, son. he 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 he's he's in a he's in a vulnerable position right now. Now that he's lost his spice reserves, so we'll see how right. that plays out. I'm not sure how it. Need you know what's price. funny. This is this scene, especially the 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 Duke Leto scene. This is the uh, this is the clearest image that I have of Dune throughout the entire book. After this point, I kind of forget everything. <laughs> well, that's fun. You'll be on my page. Then. So uh, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be kind of following along here. But this is kind of like I know a lot of the backstory, but like the the. The play-by-play of what happens after this point is very murky to me. That's fun, and it and it gets it gets really I'm excited. It's really convoluted. Oh, um, 
the chapter ends with uh, the Baron ordering some food and demanding a, uh, I mean, trigger warning for for anybody out there that might be, uh, yeah, he's getting dominoes, but he's also ordering a boy that looks like Paul Atreides. And I know you said it in the the last or the two chapters ago with Jessica he's ordering and Paul. A boy. He's getting like a sex slave. He's a he's a straight up pedophile. Oh man. And I I remember you said it in the in the Jessica chapter where we had those two guards and uh they were they were speaking of raping uh Jessica and you and you mentioned that there's no pretext for that. Well, that was the pretext, and now we're going to see a lot of Baron Harkonnen stuff, and there it gets fucking. Gross. It gets worse. <laughs> Fuck. It gets worse. It gets real worse. It gets. It's interesting how it plays out, but yeah, it gets worse. Man, you love Dune, eh? That was the pretext. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well. And that's it. Well, it's been a. It was a chapter today, folks. I'm sad. We're all sad. We're all sad. Well, uh, on that note, yeah, <laughs> we'll leave you all in, to wallow in your own miseries until you can come back to us tomorrow, and hopefully, we can relieve the tension and the stress for you when we get to chapter twenty-two of Dune. <laughs> <laughs>